Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Arsenal Cannon Podcast. This is episode uh, extravaganza. Sorry, this is episode <laughs> one hundred and eight. Um, last week, you had the uh, unfortunate uh, duo um, of two Americans trying to pretend they know about football when, of course, it's a British sport. Um, fuck them. <laughs> um, Mac and Daniel were hosting that show. Um, as yeah, the se- I think it was the second time they've had an all-American show, um, which was you know painful for you lot. Um, I didn't even bother listening to that shit. Um, and thankfully, this show we were making it British again. You know that's what it's all about. Um, big up Britain, um, and it is it is myself and Rob once again, uh, an all-British podcast. We switched it up. It's it's probably the first time this has happened where we've had one duo one week and then a different duo the next week. So getting a diversity of opinions and voices. Um, this one should be vastly superior. That's what we love to produce um, here. Make uh, the Arsenal, Arsenal Cannon podcast British again. That yes. is my slogan. Um, Rob, how are you doing? I'm, I'm very well, Alfie. I'm, I'm noticing that we're, we're sort of... Um... We're sort of going back on ourselves here because, you know, we're, we're promoting all this diverse uh, diverse opinion and then we're suggesting that, you know, only the British can watch football. But, you know, that's mm. how we operate here. You know, we... Yeah. We have our strong opinions on, on certain things. Um, we can appreciate that the British opinion on football is much better than the American opinion. But then we also don't disregard the American opinion. We still listen to it, especially for the audience, mm. because it's pretty entertaining to listen how how stupid and rubbish it is. Um, mm. I mean, to be fair, Mac is getting better. I think that's probably just because he's like in the UK. So... If, mm. that's just inevitable you know but he's getting um, the influence as soon as he returns back to his shithole nation oh yeah nation, he will uh go back to being horrendous no doubt no doubt and um i think you know no no amount of time of daniel finton in the uk will ever change his ludicrous views <laughs> on football um so no I'm, I'm glad that the listeners can actually get some detailed nuanced uh football chatter on this on this foot on this uh, arsenal cannon podcast this week it's what they deserve i think 100 percent. um and i forgot to say the man with the versatile name rob <laughs> bertha uh bertie we've got we've got no time for that nonsense we don't fuck about no. it we're no. english but i will plug your twitter afc blogger 49 <laughs> mine follow me on twitter at alfie Colshaw. and oh, yeah quick plug yeah um all jokes aside, we will miss them. Um, yes, we will. Although it, it seemed like you were quite venomous there. I don't know how much you were joking, <laughs> but I was. Uh, Watford, I think this this will be a, a, a... So we've got quite a lot of time until the next game. Obviously, it's at Interlol now, so we will have some Interlol pods out in the coming mm, week. Mm, um, of course. Where we'll be doing very much Interlol things, like we did last time. Maybe we'll return to that question format we had last time. Oh, yeah. But uh, we did play Watford on Sunday. It's been a bit of time since the game, so we'll probably talk a bit on the game and then a bit more uh, more generally, um, mm. and we'll do a sort of brief uh, review. But, you know, as we saw last week, someone tweeted at, Conan Podca- at Canon Podcast, where's the podcast? Shout out that guy, I forgot your name. Um, but there <laughs> is the demand there, so, you know, we have to deliver. And I'm sorry, we didn't. I don't think anyone responded, actually. <laughs> we completely <laughs> ignored the, the tweet. I'm sorry, mate. We're above uh, it. We did see it. And then we just sort of t- sport, spoke about it and forgot for anyone to log on to the Canon podcast page and actually respond. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. But here we are, back again, uh, with your two favourite hosts out of the four. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, Watford. 
a narrow win um, in terms of the, the scoreline, but I'd say quite comfortable in general, quite convincing. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are several elements in, to get into this, several, several individual performances to draw in. Um, but in general, how, how are you feeling after the game? Did, did you enjoy it? Because I enjoyed this. I was there. I didn't really enjoy the first half, but I enjoyed the experience in general, which I'll get into. But Rob, how are you feeling after that? Yeah, I mean, I had a very different um, experience of watching the game. I was just in my room and then I was actually on my way to uh, go and play football after the match. So I was watching on Sky Go on my phone. Um, but I still I still managed to watch the full 90 and I, I thought we played well. I think, as you say, it was comfortable throughout. I was never, never too concerned apart from the one higher mouth moment when uh, Ramsdale... Um, had a bit of a blunder, let's just put it that way. Um, but overall, no, really comfortable performance. Um, I, I just don't think it was ever in, in doubt, to be honest. Um, I thought, yeah, maybe we might struggle to get a goal. But once we went 1-0 up, I, I was I was certain that we were going to go on to win the game. And um, yeah, it, it was a very different performance, I think, to the strong performances that we've seen in recent weeks. You know, um, we've tended to score early. Um, come out of the blocks really quickly, and and in fairness, we did. We we grabbed that early goal, but it was eventually disallowed. Um, mm. But even so, I don't think it was quite as high energy in, in that first twenty as it has been against the likes of Villa, Leicester, um, etc. So um, mm. I'm I'm pleased that we grabbed grabbed the win. I'm, I'm I suppose I'm also pleased that you know there's a bit a bit of variety to our performances and we're still able to sort of grind out results even if we don't come flying out like we did in recent weeks um and yeah i just think there's just so many reasons to be positive right now you know we found a winning formula and i really hope that it can be continued you know it's a tough game after the international break but why not Let, let's let's get excited we're very close to the top 4 now and the turnaround since the dismal start has just been so fantastic to watch yeah, and the results saw us move into fifth. Mm. The good momentum continue, so and it is starting to get genuinely exciting. We're starting to to look up the table and look, you know, dream yeah. of a title win. Obviously, unrealistic, but you know, um, <laughs> I was at this game and I probably enjoyed the occasion more than the actual game because mm. you know I'm just, I'm just loving seeing Arsenal more frequently back in the stadium it's it's completely different to last yeah, season I'm, yeah. I'm enjoying it much more like even if the football was worse than last season i mean it couldn't get much worse than the first half of last <laughs> season but even if it was like we weren't improving that much i probably just the overall experience of following arsenal i probably prefer this year because i'm going i'm going with my friends we're like gunas on tour even though we haven't technically been to a away game yet although shower i'm going to be at old trafford in early december oh good man good man yeah, can't wait. But the atmosphere was quite flat um, compared mm, to some that, of the yeah. raucous atmospheres so far this season. Um, probably you know, due Villa to the kickoff time. Abs- yeah, due, partly due to the t- kickoff time. Probably the the uh, opposition. Uh, yeah, didn't bring much of an not atmosphere. Quite the either. occasion. Yeah. No, and yeah, I mean, I guess Villa on a Friday night is a bit different to Watford on a Sunday afternoon. Mm. Um, but yeah, the game in general. The, the, like I was frustrated in the first half, and I, well, I guess we'll start with the sort of system and the team selection again. Mm. He he went basically unchanged. Obviously, Maitland-Niles came in for Partey. P- 
personally, I was. I think I had Lacazette in my preview. Let me check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure you did. Check. I think you just went unchanged, like we did on the uh, ECP, mm. Mac and I, uh, and actually Daniel was there yeah, as I well did. at that point. Um, it was just you know it sort of cut out a whole section of the show because it was just so easy to predict the lineup. Mm. Yeah, but the one thing I was going to say is perhaps <coughs> in hindsight, it was a game too far for Lacazette physically. Yeah, potentially, yeah. Um, and I do think he was important in that first half, but I do yeah. think perhaps a Martin Odegaard would have been better suited to this game. I thought it was very um, good when he came on, Odegaard. Yeah, I do as well. And I think I think that sort of draws into a, a natural um, discussion about the first half and the way we set up and the way Watford set up, they were clearly um, coming to kick us off the park and sit deep, which is something we haven't faced as often this season, which is going to be more of a reoccurring theme as teams realise that we're not terrible and we're actually quite good. As as we continue (laughs) to pick up points, more teams will come to the Emirates and do this sort of thing. Um, And they were very much sit deep, frustrate Arsenal, block the central areas um, and also try and transition quickly, not play through a press, but try and just go over it and try and get the ball quickly forward as quickly as possible to us in the transition. They didn't really do that side of it, but they did relatively well in a kicking us off the park. As I said, ridiculous amount of fouls, but also just sit setting up and frustrating us um, and sitting in that low block. I want to touch on how we attempted to play through that. Um, Uh And I think we missed Thomas Partey and Granit Xhaka, both yeah, very yeah. good ball progressors. Maitland-Niles and Lekonga, not only were they blocked off, but they don't... I thought they both did very well on the, in a defensive sense. I thought in terms of their progressive passing, it was like we you, could, yeah. you saw the, the difference uh, I th- I think, um, the likes of Partey and Xhaka make. Yeah, I think we saw with Lekonga and um, Maitland-Niles, I think we saw instances of progression and... <laughs> And um, you know mm. examples of, but it wasn't it wasn't efficient progression. It's not the sort of stuff you get from Shaka where, you know you you know from him that you're going to get x yards of progressive passes per, per match because that's just an inevitability. Whereas, mm. you, you know that that yardage isn't there with with either of those players. Uh, I think that I think that, it was like as you said, there were some instances and some nice eye-catching passes mm. from both of them but it wasn't frequent enough no, for not us consistent. to progress the ball through um, that way yeah uh and, and i i think that's that's probably what what you need um mm. if you're gonna you know be like a have that sustained threat against a, a deep block that's why man city are so good because you know they're just constantly able to feed the ball forward to their flair players mm. um mm. But you know you you just can't do that with Maitland Niles and Lacongra in midfield. So you know there was clear similarities to the football we've been playing in recent weeks uh, against teams that, as you say, haven't set off against us, and we struggled. You know there was a still clear emphasis on sort of trying to give the ball to Lacazette, and then him being a bit of a shit house and just doing all he could to sort of escape his man or whatever. And, you know, at times that worked at the end of the day, he won, he won us the penalty and um, he linked with Aubameyang pretty well as, as they are doing at the moment in the system. But, you know, it, as perhaps, perhaps 
I'll be intrigued to get your thoughts on it. Um, maybe it was that day to start Erdegaard, that player who can pick out that eye, eye of the needle pass and perhaps help the team sustain their pressure a bit more. Yeah, yeah, I did feel that. And I was calling for it at half-time, actually. Mm. Um, I thought, and this is something they were saying on Ars- oh, sorry, on Arsenal Vision, mm. um, at the moment when we're playing Lacazette and Aubameyang, it's sort of playing two players to fit one role. Yeah, yeah. If you get what I mean. In fact, this yeah. sort of links into a tweet from yourself I saw earlier. Of about course, yeah. How Arteta's sort of adapting and, and trying. He wants a player who can do a bit of what a Lacazette and Aubameyang can do. Yeah, yeah. And at the moment, because neither can do solely what he wants, he's playing both. That's his that dream striker, a combination of those yeah, two. And that's extremely and rare, that is, but that's his dream. Mm, but that is coming at the expense of someone like an Odegaard who can drop in yeah, yeah. and pick the ball up slightly deeper and, you know, play more incisive passes, mm. which is not really in Lacazette's repertoire. Um, and I think, yeah, that, like, it, it, we, it's, we still saw some of the benefits of that partnership. For example, Abarian being able to focus on trying to get into goal screen positions, Lacazette, as you were saying, doing that bit of that shithousery, the physicality that he brings up top. Um, but we did miss Odegaard in that sense. Um, mm. Ideally, we'd have Odegaard, Lacazette and Aubameyang, um, but unfortunately, formations don't really permit that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was a bit of a slow burn. Like, the first half, as you said, we didn't quite have that intense start and that intense mm. press that we normally bring. I think Watford did well to subdue us in that sense, but we also did well to subdue Watford. Um and we did have that goal ruled out, as you said. Aubameyang, I, I was initially quite annoyed at him for a shit touch. Like, if he just brings that down himself, he can just finish himself. Or yeah. if he... Le- I, I don't blame him for leaving it, for not leaving it for Saka, because, you know, it's come to him and he's a goal scorer and he wants yeah. to take that. Um, but it's quite a poor touch and it's clearly offside. Um, mm. And yeah, th- there, aren't, there weren't really many key pivotal moments in the game for discussion but I guess one of them is the penalty which we might as well get on to clear penalty yeah um, I don't know Rose. how Danny Rose didn't get book- booked in that first half I was absolutely yeah. livid um, who was the who was the manager who was the ref um, uh, Kevin Friend yeah classic Kevin yeah. Friend yeah I mean he, I don't think I, I get frustrated when you see refereeing performances like this because teams shouldn't be able to come and just absolutely batter you off the park. And they use rotational fouling Watford yeah. throughout the game. Yeah. And it just wasn't cautioned. And the only way you can stop that... And it, by the way, it's not only is it disrupting the flow of a good football match, not it's also cheating and it's also yeah. dangerous. Like yeah. you, can, you can get away with multiple fouls on players... And refs have to be more aware of this. Oh, they, they do have, have to, to be caution. aware of it. Because unfortunately, mm. when you've got a young lad like Sambi in midfield, teams are going to do that. They're going to look at him and be like, okay, he's pretty good technically, but let's beat the shit out of him pretty much. Mm. Um, and especially... Kyle Saka is, the, yeah. is like the biggest victim of yeah, it, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it is, as has been well documented, it is a very young Arsenal side. Um, you know, we're not filled with huge guys who can go around battering people that's that's just not how we roll and I'm pretty glad that isn't how we roll because you know I wouldn't want to support a club 
who play football like Watford did at the weekend. It was diabolical. Um, mm. But, you know, I, I think that the players cope pretty well with it, but I, don't, I, I really don't know why it's permitted. I don't get why, you know, I, I get that some of the fouls that we put in were, um, were sort of cynical. Um, they so you know Tommy Asser's yellow card I think it was yeah obvious yellow card but so were theirs I don't think just because they're committing a lot of fouls that means they should be able to you know the referee should be more lenient with them if if anything he should be harsher and yeah I'd, I sound like one of those managers out there but or Guardiola he always says it doesn't he but these players really do mm. need to be protected because that's what the referees are there for at the end of the day. And it, it's not right. Mm. Teams shouldn't be able to play football like what Watford played at the weekend. You're right. Mm. It is cheating. Well, and Stoke managed to survive in the Premier League by doing it for several years. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm pretty glad that actually we cheated a little bit to get our goal because they deserved it. Mm. Well, just before we get into the goal, should we talk briefly? Well, it was a penalty. Without yeah, doubt. I guess we uh, should talk about it. Brilliant yeah. pass from Maitland-Niles, actually, to Lacazette yeah, oh, yeah. to win the penalty. He played a few of those Great really ball. nice balls, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Rose brings him down, definite penalty. Aubameyang, yeah. I guess it is worth mentioning his penalty deficiencies of late. Obviously, two in a row went the same way. Both poor penalties. I think this one was probably worse. Um, yeah, both sort of that... Um... Sort of, quite a good chance yeah. to save it. That neither of them have been bottom corner or top corner. It's in that that middle area which keepers love. Um, mm. And I know that you you, you see you like the goals that he scored in the uh, in the FA Cup run, and I get that they were in that same mm. sort of area, but still, you know, I don't actually think that's the most efficient way of scoring penalties, as Lacazette has shown, who has a hundred percent record. Tucking it away, mm. bottom corner tends to be the safest bet. Mm. I think from like if we get a penalty, like the next penalty, he's, he can't take it. No, like, no. After two, penalties, I, don't, I don't see the point to... of it. I don't see the point mm. of it. Um, and I think... and like people, people do miss penalties. Like yeah. you can't penalties are saved sometimes, and that's just like eighty percent of penalties are scored. That's a fact. Yeah, um, or around seventy-five to eight percent. I think when. If a player drops below that percentage, yeah. then you can sort of start to think, well, maybe he isn't the best yeah. penalty taker in someone else. I don't know what Aubameyang's percentage is at Arsenal yeah. in general. I'm but sorry, but if we're playing... It does, yeah. like Lacazette and Pepe haven't missed a single penalty for us in competitive games. So, If we're playing a better team than, um, than Watford, that penalty miss hurts us and we can't... We're not a free-scoring team. We we can't we can't afford to just be throwing away goals for the sentiment of giving our captain the opportunity to recapture his penalty-taking form. Um, mm. This it, it just has to be handed over to Lacazette, who statistically is a better penalty taker, as you say, Pepe is. Uh, you know, everyone talks about Ainsley Maitland-Niles from the spot as well. Like probably a better mm. penalty taker too, even though he you know only takes them in shootouts. Um, the only issue with those three names is that they're not guaranteed starters. Yeah, yeah, that that, that 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 is the like, problem. We may, yeah, we may have to begin, particularly because Aubameyang won't be here forever. Like no. he, he may not play such a prominent role next season. Uh, if he's here, I think he probably will be. Um, and then the following season, he probably won't be here. So we're going to have to look for a long-term solution yeah. to well, penalty um, taking. I think they were talking. James was talking about it on the Askcast. Um, you know mm. how. Saka and Smith Rowe have sort of assumed this responsibility of taking the corners. 
I think mm. both of them should be working on their penalties as well because there's a position up for grabs there. Um, yeah. And as as Twitter users love to say, um, it is a real opportunity to stat pad if you can uh, get on the penalties. So, um, mm. yeah. Well, James said that himself. That could be an extra five goals a season. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I definitely wouldn't be averse to seeing them tuck away penalties so I can uh, sing the Saka and Smith Rowe chant even more often. Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> and I guess that sort of leads us to the time when we could yeah. um, chant that after Smith Rowe's goal. Um, and the, it did come in for some criticism, which I have absolutely no time for. <laughs> Firstly, on the, on, on the on the before we get into that, firstly on the, like, the, the good play from both Ben White and Smith Rowe, of course. Oh yeah, yeah, brilliant. Ben White, ben I think White. this is a feature of his game. We'll get into indiv- individual performances after this, but I think it was a feature of his game. You know, uh, he does this thing where he nips in mm. and he sort of dangles his leg. Yeah, it's actually one of my favorite things to... that he does. Yeah, because it enables it him to really win it so like... high. Yeah, exactly. It's really front-footed, aggressive defending, mm. and that's exactly what you associate with a modern centre back and. He does that in this situation. Then he takes it around a player. And then that's the thing. This is something they were saying on um, Arsenal Vision again. Him driving forward, even if he like doesn't complete the dribble and he gets tackled, it gets us up the pitch and we can win the second ball. Yeah, particularly yeah. if you've got Maitland-Niles, who, by the way, got, I think it was nine ball recoveries or 15. Wow. It was either nine or 15, which it seems like quite a big... <laughs> I don't know why. I just remember it being nine or 15. I was checking the other day. Um, someone got nine and someone got 15 in the game. I can't remember. But it was a very large number of ball, ball recoveries. Um, mm. So, you know, and as we said, and sorry, as that was shown in this goal, we 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 won the second ball and the second ball was Smith-Rowe's brilliant finish, which mm. uh, caps off, well, continues his goal-scoring run. Oh, brilliant it's, finish. It's brilliant. I think it may have taken a nick, but the power on it was very good. I was right behind it and I was like, that's in. As soon as he hit it, um, and yeah, Smith Rowe's goal scoring exploits continue. They do. You have had some queries about the sustainability of that. Um, do you want to elaborate on that? I just think it's inevitable. You know, the the type of goals that he's he's scoring. Um, mm. Well, yeah, like, I don't think no anyone's one, expecting him. Yeah, to no, keep no one scores every, every week. Um, I. I I do think he'll score a lot of goals this season. I, I really do. Um, I just think, you know, it's not something that we should sort of become dependent upon yet. You know, just, you know, we've got a goal scorer now on the wing. No, I think he's in a rich vein of form. Uh, I think everything seems to be going his way and I, I really do love to see it. Um, but yeah, I, I, he's not someone that you can really depend upon yet. Um He's still got a, a bit of work to do, I reckon, on getting into goal-scoring opportunities more frequently. Um, but, you know, when when you're tucking them away like he is at the moment, who cares? Um, and it's it's mm. it's so great to watch him uh, excelling in an Arsenal shirt right now. He's, he's quickly becoming my favourite player. Um, it, it, you know, I tweeted at the weekend, my, my heart smiles when he does well. Um, he's, mm. he's just, yeah. He's so easy to identify with as an Arsenal fan. Um, And I'm so Mm. happy for him that he eventually got called up to the England squad because no one deserves it more. He's just been in such great form. Um, Mm. And as you say, it was a really good finish too. I think, you know, the goal at Leicester was very good. Um, Sort of 
took Schmeichel out of the equation, but inside the box, um, that that was a very, very good finish. Uh, it, it might have taken a nick, but as you say, there was a sheer ferocity behind that behind that shot. Uh, ben Foster had no chance, and that that's a really good finish. That those are the sort mm. of goals that make you sit up and take note. And it and it's also, um, as you say, with it come it, it sort of came out of nothing. It was elite opportunism from him. Um, so yeah, mm. more more of the same, please, from Smith Rowe because. Yeah, he's in the he's in the best form of his life right now, and who knows what his ceiling is? Because he's and also I think I've 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 said it for a while, but that that left wing spot is his now, um, and it's mm. so clearly his best role. Uh, and I I like that um, even in this four four two shape that he still excels out there on that left flank. Mm. Well, yeah, it was a great finish, and mm. I echo what you're saying there about the left side being his. I think that's pretty firmly mm. established now. Um, on the sustainability thing, I get what you're saying in that the numbers aren't like overwhelmingly suggesting he's going to be like an elite goal scorer for the entire mm. entirety of this season as of yet. However, the trajectory is very good. I mean, I'm actually just going to get up his FB ref right now. One, hold one sec. I should have done this while she was speaking. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I, I was tempted to do the same. Um, I'm, I'm mm, genuinely. I mean, I'm just intrigued. I haven't really had a look yet. He just doesn't strike me as a player who gets sort of lots of high um, expected goal chances. Well, his xG per ninety is up from zero point one three last season to zero point two. Yeah. Okay. That, that's good. a marked improvement. Zero point two is like. Well, so that's a goal every five games, roughly. Yeah, that's good. If you're performing on par with your XG, which um, he basically, well, he's, he's performing a bit over at the moment, but which might not be sustainable, but still. Um, and then he's taking a lot more shots. Shots per 90 have gone up from 0.81. So he was taking less than a shot per game last season, and he's almost at two shots per 90 now. Yeah, that's good. Which is, I know, like that. He's And I think if you look at his numbers generally, it's. Uh, it reflects a much more confident player who's clearly been coached to take more risks. I think last last season he was very uh, ins- like insistent on being sort of a continuity player in his passing, very te- yeah. like technical. And he's, he's not lost that, to be fair. His pass completion rate is the same and his turnovers are still pretty low. But he is taking more shots. He's dribbling significantly more. He's carrying the ball much more. Um, and, you know, if he can add, as we're saying, consistent, because this is a hot streak, but if he can add consistent goal threat to his game, um, that is going to be a massive plus for us, obviously. And, you know, as, as Arsenal's number 10, in the long run, you do expect him in, to develop into a player who yeah, produces yeah. output. And at the, um, yeah, at the end of the day, to do that. we know... The, the best players always exceed their XG. Um, mm. You know, it's, the best finishers. Yeah, the, be- the best finishers do. And if he can, you know, prolong this form and keep um, sort of getting into decent goal scoring opportunities when you've got, you know, less of a chance to score, but if you if you can finish, you can score. Um, you know, that that's, that's the best thing for him. And um, long may it continue uh, because it's really important for us. We need goals from across the team, especially if, you know, 
I don't want to dwell on the Abamyang performance too much. I uh, mm. think that there was still... Well, we will touch on that. Yeah, I think there were still positive signs from him in terms of, uh, you know, just his general performance. Uh, but obviously in front of goal, nowhere near good enough. Um, but mm. we need more goals if he, if Abamyang will have off days like that. So it's good that Smith Rowe can contribute to that and we need more players to do it, really. Mm. Absolutely. Um, getting back onto the goal itself, though, there was contention around it. Um, yeah. I don't give a f- firstly, fuck Ranieri and what he's saying. Um, he came to absolutely destroy our players and kick them to death. Um, yeah. so if he's complaining about a little bit of not even foul play, like just shithousery, yeah, or, it's just unsporting behavior, then, isn't then it? Then fuck yeah. off, but also, I was right where Rose kicked the ball off, like I could see him right in front of me. He kicked the ball off. Saar is getting up as he kicks the ball up off, yeah. which suggests he's completely fine. So there's no fucking problem. So Rose shouldn't have kicked the ball off, really. As soon as Rose kicked the ball off, he suggests to Saar, why the fuck have you got up? He was like, get back down or something. <sighs> um, and we have every right to play on if he's fucking faked an injury and yeah, s- yeah. S- sat down there. But even if you think, oh, maybe that's not, you know, good sportsmanship fuck yourselves <laughs> we can't do anything right because if but we get labeled like that that is the the narrative around arsenal it has too been nice. for absent yeah. for years for years for being too nice for being a soft touch yeah. when we do something like this which is you know as we're saying a bit shit like a bit of <laughs> yeah. shit housery a bit we're, we're then called you know unsportsmanship oh, yeah. or like i love it absolute cunts for yeah. doing something like that just Stop with your agenda. Not you. I mean, just people <laughs> in general. Stop with your agenda and also fuck yourselves. If if you think, if you're complaining about the way we won, I don't give a shit. We won and ha, yeah. you're the one who's in tears right now. We are <laughs> celebrating our victory from a goal that was a bit contentious, but I don't yeah. give a fuck. We I didn't just... do anything wrong in my view and Ranieri can go fuck himself. Jamie Redknapp can go fuck himself and everyone else who's saying, oh, who's everyone else who's complaining about that? And make your fucking mind up. Are we a soft touch or are... And then when we do something that isn't considered soft, like, don't then criticise. I, I don't know. How do you feel about that? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I second most of it, to be fair. I can appreciate that, you know, we probably should have given the ball back to Watford. I think uh, perhaps if it had happened on the halfway line or something, we might have, but... Watford played a very dirty game at the weekend. Uh, I do not mm. mind if the Rose team... should have been sent off. He could have been sent off about four yeah. times. I do not mind if the team take it upon themselves to thereafter um, give it back to them. And as you say, I add a bit of shithousery to the equation. That's not something that we associate with many Arsenal teams. Uh, and this team is addicted to winning right now. Um, mm. They. They're clearly wanting to do it by any means possible. And if it means, you know, just casually not giving the ball back to Watford when maybe they should have got it, um, so be it. And oh, the way Danny Rose passed it out as well, like it's not like he had any other had any other option but to put the ball out. He would have put it in Rose Ed anyway because he was mm. in like a rubbish position on the pitch. So, yeah, I don't blame the players for just carrying on. We, we squeezed them into that corner. 
good on us for keeping us in, keeping them in there. And then good on Ben White for keeping in them in there afterwards by winning the ball back highly. I'm I'm just mm. delighted with that goal. Um, and yeah, and shout out just a little plug. Uh, this is a great place to shout out uh, the Finton's frolic for this week. Big up yeah. Um and his uh, satirical piece on Arsenal being cancelled because of this utterly horrendous unsportsman. <laughs> Uh, act disgraceful act, which can it's be abhorrent. you know, it's basically on par with genocide. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, go and read that. Um, Kuchka then did, did get sent off about time. Um, for absolutely fucking hammering uh, Tavares with oh, yeah. basically went through him. Um, completely deserved. But on the general um sort of way the game panned out after we scored, I think we did do the thing where we sort of. Um, play within ourselves and yeah. become a bit too passive and sat sat back a little bit too much after the goal. That then changed when we brought Lacazette off, who, like he always does, you know, ran out of steam at the hour mark. Um, and Odegaard <laughs> came on, gave us a bit more control, as seems to be the reoccurring theme. And we then regained a bit of control. We had the Odegaard goal, which um was unfortunately not given because it was offside yeah. from my bang. I find fair. I find um, it I find it quite amusing how uh, people sort of accredit this Lacazette thing going off at the sixty minute mark to his age. Like no, he's always mm. done that. He's always done it, but it like it has declined yeah, somewhat. Yeah, yeah, like definitely. he used to get to at least seventy minutes. Now yeah. it's sixty minutes very much always and 60. his game is done. Yeah. But um, it's fine though because like, but he plays his heart out for the sixty, so I don't He does, know. yeah. I think it's a I think it's a and sustainable it, it gives way of going us, about things. Um, and it, yeah, and it it gives us you know Odegaard who can come on and make that difference and give us that control yeah. back, which you know can be a good thing. And I thought we finished the game more strongly, even though Watford applied a little bit of pressure. It was never that nervy, apart from obviously the King moment you mentioned earlier when Ramsdale misjudged the ball. Um, yeah. But we saw it out without we Watford did. really threatening us, um, and continued our run. Um, before we get into like sort of the bigger picture in terms of our season as a whole and potentially discussing the ceiling, I do want to discuss some of the individual performances. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll mention a few of the more low-key ones which don't um, elicit too much conversation. Mm. Um, Tommy Asu I thought was excellent. Yeah, I yeah. thought superb. I Every thought week, he, he, yeah. His performance was underrated. I thought he won absolutely everything in the air. He was so solid defensively. Um and I just think, yeah, underrated display from him. Yeah. Bakayo Saka, I thought he had a pretty underrated performance. I saw people like saying, oh, it was a continuation of his slightly patchy form so far this season. Yeah, I, I thought, thought he was excellent. excellent. I thought yeah. he was the best player. Smith Rowe got the goal, but I thought he was our best player yeah, in, Danny, in the front four. Danny Rose in uh, on the ropes all game. All mm, game. I think he just has Plays this ability so to. Well. Because he's relatively two-footed, like he, the, the, the player playing against him has no idea where he's going. Yeah. It was a constant outlook. I think he got five shot-creating actions, which was, or six, I can't remember. Again, I should have got these stats up, which was significantly more than anyone else in the team. He remains, I saw more stats than this, he remains our best, like our biggest creator this season and yeah. his impact in, in the creative side is underrated so yeah. far this season. I mean, that role, uh, I've written about this before quite a few times, um, that role on the right wing in Arteta's system is extremely difficult. It's very isolated. And at 20 years mm. old, um, it's a 
it's a role of huge responsibility, but he just takes it all on the chin. He's still learning. He'll get better at it. Um, but there's so much responsibility. There are times when the ball is literally fired out to you on that side and all he has, to, and he just has to keep the ball, even if there's like four Watford players surrounding him. And usually he does. Mm. And another key part is beating your man. And as you mentioned with his ambidextrousness, he can do that because he can go either way. Um, so yeah, he's he's really well suited to it, and I'm looking forward to him, you know, growing in that role. And he will have a hot streak at some point. He will get those goals that Smith Rowe is getting at the moment. Hundred um, percent. So yeah, we we just need to keep the faith with, in him out there, and you know, maybe that's not even the right way to put it because I still think he's playing really well on the, on that wing, and it's such a marked upgrade on what Pepe was providing there at the start of the season. Yeah, well, it is the sort of age old cliche that. The players who get the output, you know, the direct goal contributions, um, and make very, very impactful, memorable yeah. um, contributions. Like, let's say, even at the other end, look like at this that decisive tackle that's like uh, prevents a goal scoring opportunity. They're the players who tend to get more of the recognition. But when you're looking at Bakayo Saka, I thought his sustained game throughout the game was was brilliant. Yeah, um, no, yeah, I agree. And this was one of his better performances this season, I thought. Mm. Um, ben White, I think we have to talk about. Yeah, yeah, his role in this game. I thought, as you as we as we talked about earlier, Partey and Shaka's absence meant there was a bit of a void left in terms of progressing the ball, and I he I, it really looked like he bestowed that on himself to to carry the ball forward, and that that is more. There's a lot of talk about his ball playing ability when he signed, but it's more about his car- carrying ability. Isn't yeah, it? I do. And, I agree with that. Um, mm, I think and just quickly before you go on there, I just wanted to mention another thing on Arsenal Vision: the evolution of centre backs, evolution of centre backs, is sort of seeing this as more of a trait that people needed because ball playing has become a massive yeah, aspect yeah. of centre backs. But this is something you. This is the next step. Teams are. This is the next step because teams are slowly working out how to deal with that. Of of course, like the brilliant passes can still have an effect, but you know you can block passing lanes and stuff like that. Whereas you don't get pressed that much as a centre back. Which I I just so if you have the ability to carry the ball forward and drive with it into the space and dribble, then you know you're ahead of the curve really, and and that's Ben White best attribute I'd say I mean and in this game he was excellent at it the best centre backs these days are the ones that I think could that could step into midfield and do a good job and uh, I mm. think that Ben White could easily play in midfield for us no question um, but yeah he I, I really like the ball carrying um, attrib- uh, attribute uh, because it just take it. It's not something that teams really prepare for. You you look at Watford. They sat in mm. that that deep block, and their idea was to sort of cut the passing lanes a little bit. Um, you know, I think that's potentially why Ramsdale's kicking wasn't quite as effective as it has been in recent weeks. Because mm. as many predicted, teams would eventually work that out. Um, and. Uh, you know that 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 has happened, uh, but I think that's more a symptom of just Watford sitting so deep. Uh, so then you need the plan B, and that plan B Ben White worked out from the get go was him carrying the ball forward. Um, so I'm very happy that that he took that responsibility upon himself. 
Um, mm. And yeah, this this guy, um, it's it's brilliant um, sort of profile identification from Arsenal because, as you say, um, we were sort of thinking, oh, we need a passer to replace David Luiz, but no, we we needed a guy who could carry the ball forward and and give mm. us that plan B in the build up, and that's exactly what Ben White has given us. Um, and I agree with you. I'm really happy that he took the, uh, you know, he's only 24 years old, but he took the onus on his shoulders and he was going to be right. I'm going to be the bloke who progresses the ball and gets the ball into the final third for this team today as a centre-back. Like that, that, that's really good from him. Um, mm. And yeah, he, he's just going from strength to strength. I think he tends to be the one that I think performs a bit better against the weaker sides. Um, whereas Gabriel stands out a bit more when, uh, there's a lot more defending to do because I just think that Gabriel's a, an elite defender of the ball, to be honest. And I thought he was brilliant at the weekend mm. again. I, I can't lie. Um, I 100%. think I'm tempted to say that Gabriel is probably our most informed player right now. I just think he looks monstrous. Yeah, well, he's he's part of a collection of players yeah. who are thinking very good. Form. And I, I think, I think Smith we, Rowe. I think next we should talk category. about um, the the guy who stands next to Smith Rowe. Uh, sorry, not Smith Rowe. Gabriel on the other side, uh, Tavares, because I think that he's just I think there's yeah. so much debate to be had about him at the moment. I was going to come on to him. Yeah, I think. Like I would start Tierney at Anfield, but I think mm. Tavares is making such a good case yeah. to keep playing because I do think we've talked a lot about attributes so far in this podcast, but one of the main attributes, and we talked just there about White and one of the unique attributes he brings to us um, and pretty unique um, in general in, in football in terms is obviously his ability to drive forward from a centre half. Yeah, Tavares can do something that Kieran Tierney can't, and that is drive inside. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And drive inside with power and pace and purpose. And ultimately, he uses the ball pretty well when yeah. he drives inside. Tierney may be a better deliverer, deliverer of the ball, um, better crosser. But Tavares and his ability to drive inside yeah. is really useful. And he, he, he did it again to very good effect in this game. Do you think there's a case that he's, or are we going a bit like that he could potentially be overtaking Tierney, or is that going? I I I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, I've actually got a piece coming out tomorrow on a we love you arsenal.co.uk and it's on the Tavares and Tierney dilemma uh, and it's more oh, just lo- looking at it from a short sighted perspective with regard to the Liverpool match, uh, and I won't throw away my uh, my final conclusion. conclusion but there's such a huge case for Tavares to start that match and I, I don't think anyone could sort of be like telling Arteta that he's an idiot if he does choose to start Tavares because he doesn't deserve to be dropped that's the problem um, I think long term definitely Alfie that there's a case for um, Tavares to uh, eventually overtake Tierney and assume that left back role um, I think you know sample size is small um, yeah, the new signing bounce could sort of be playing a part, but his profile is just so impressive. I mean, all the raw assets that he possesses, um, they're just so exciting and so unique to a left back. Mm. He's such a fun player. To oh, watch, he is. He? he is. He's uh, sort of the way he's pretty sound technically, especially with his ability to use his left and right foot. But then the way he can just bulldoze through people as well and 
you know, he plays with no fear. Um, he's such a really fantastic signing. I think, um, you know, Ramsdale's obviously the fan favourite. Ben White has got his ball carrying. But I think in terms of, like, the talent identification, Tavares is right up there. Um Really, really impressive signing. Well, it was pretty unknown. He was yeah. the backup left. Back I had for no idea who he was, um, and he also he was just sort of the perfect player to bring in because it's quite a difficult. Yeah, I mean, signing to make when you're saying we were looking. You're probably at, not going to play much yeah. because we've got a very established first choice left back, and, and he's taken you know, that who challenge. Do you bring in, taken that challenge mm. under the chin, chin. and Alfie, I, I, I think it's probably a bit premature to suggest that you know. Tavares is our first choice left back now. You know that's that's not yeah, the case. Um, but I think as of the moment, Tierney has a fight on his hands to get his place back, um, and and that, mm. that that's always positive. Um, I think probably I, I write about this in the article. I think when it comes to the Liverpool match, I think a lot of the soft factors will come into play uh, with regard to yeah. you know experience, know how. Uh, you know, Tinney's been trusted in a lot of big games by Arteta before. Um, so it'll be interesting, definitely. Uh, but I'm I'm just delighted with him as a signing. And, you know, I, as I wrote in my piece yesterday, or not yesterday, last week, ranking the signings, I, I think that they've all been good in their own way. Um, mm. But I think that, I think we should probably reflect on one of the poorer performances before we... Uh, before we talk a bit more generally about things and, and what what did you make of that Aubameyang performance then? Because it was uh, as off a day as it gets for a striker, really. Yeah. Uh, one last thing quickly on Tavares. So yeah. that, uh, <laughs> I don't know whether it's good, just very good coaching or he's just more settled and, you know, he's got a bit more rhythm in his game. Now he's played a few on the bounce, yeah. but some of the raw to his game you know yeah technically and also positionally and you know how he could be a bit chaotic have seemed to have gone somewhat <laughs> yeah. in the last few games um, yeah i know what you mean yeah that's very encouraging i mean they're, they're still there sometimes the rabbit and headlight headlights moment but wow when he mm. completely eradicates them he's going to be a serious serious footballer for arsenal uh and long term mm. I, I genuinely do worry a bit for kieran tierney i don't i don't see how you can keep Tavares on the game if he does or on on the bench, I should say, if he does manage to sort of, you know, refine the rough well, edges, or edges long term, around the game. Um, yeah, long term. Hopefully, we're in Europe. Yeah, so well, that you gives need us both a of lot them. more yeah. game time to hand out, and because both players put a lot into the games, you know, there there may be a, the potential for them to sort of job I mean, share. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they were talking like, about if this you look on, at. Um, Poch's te- Spurs team that was very good. Unfortunately, I have to say that <laughs> they basically and even some of Guardiola's teams they rotate fullbacks a lot. Because yeah, it's yeah. One of the most physically demanding positions on the pitch. I mean, they were talking about this on Arsenal Vision a few weeks ago. Um, they were just saying how because Tommy Asu is is so you know he's he's perfectly suited to that that role, and that's what we should judge him mm. in. We should judge him for his ability to be an inverted right back, not an overlapping right back. But if one game per se we did want an overlapping right back, might be pretty fun to start Tavares and Tierney, considering his ambidextrousness. Um, that is true. You know that would be, I, I think that would be really good fun to watch. Um, but still, um, I 
as you, yeah. uh, it's just with Tavares, um, you're right. It's good to have really competitive options in both areas of the pitch. And I think that that left back area goalkeeper too, probably uh, is one where we've got some really good competition growing. So uh, mm. yeah, that's what you want, especially as you say, if you've got European competition, um, you know, you look at Man City mm. with Cancelo and Walker, two of the best right backs going, but they both fit in. So there is ways that you can keep elite footballers happy in the same squad. Absolutely. On Aubameyang, um, it, w- it wasn't his day. I mean, I think everyone knows that. I think that's first all that, goal. Yeah. I mean, the sack. Yeah, I think that's quite obvious. But the Saka thing, as I said, it's a poor touch. But you can't blame yeah. him for going for it. He missed a penalty. Everyone can miss a penalty. Um, it is two in a row, and maybe it just sort of suggests he isn't the best penalty taker in the world, and maybe we should move on from him potentially in that area. And then on the Odegaard thing. Yeah. I don't really... Initially, I was quite annoyed they went for it, but then when I reflect on it, you know, he's a striker wanting desperately yeah. wanting to get a goal and there's a chance. He doesn't know for sure Odegaard's shot is going yeah. in and I don't even know if it might have hit the post and come back out. So you sort of can't blame him for going for that. Um, yeah. On his game overall, I don't think it was his best game in general. Like those, th- those three moments aside, which were disappointing, I don't think... He was brilliant, and I do think there were moments where, like, I thought he worked exceptionally hard, as he always does, and I think, I don't think it's for a lack of trying. I do think there were moments where, for example, there was a cross, I think it was Tommy Asu uh, put in a cross, and, like, he stretched for it, and I'm sort of thinking a few years ago, maybe his leg extends and he gets to that, and there were a few moments where crosses came in, and he was, like, slightly too slow to get across and potentially attack the ball. Mm. I do think that is maybe an element of his game, but I, I I just think we mustn't forget he's been in decent form this season. And if he puts that penalty away, we're all like, oh, he's continuing yeah. his goal scoring form. So I think, and he will probably be our top goal scorer this season, probably, you know, contribute in that area. So I think it was just an off day, but I, I like, I, I do think for a while now, there's been signs of, a bit of a decline. Yeah, but that, that's, that's what James said on the Arscast on Monday. Like, we can't just hide from the fact that he is going to decline. Like, it'd be weird if he yeah, wasn't declining. Yeah, of course. Declining he's right 32. Yeah. Of course he's declined. Um, and declined. But, he, but he, he's clearly, as evidenced by his early season form, he can still offer something to us. And I still mm. think he did offer something to us at the weekend. There was just, you know, glaringly bad moments. Um, you know, I think mm. that the. the uh, the Erdegaard goal that was really did look like it was going in was probably just the the cherry on top of a disgusting cake. Um, it it just just not his day. Um, but strikers do have them, and I think Bamiang has them. To be honest, I remember him having quite a few performances like that over the years. Sometimes um, the ball just doesn't hit the back of the net for him. But I'm sure that um, perhaps not against Liverpool, but uh, in a few whenever we get to play a aside that Aubameyang enjoys preying on, he'll be on the score sheet again because that just seems to be the way he's playing this season. I'm, I'm not going to go around entertaining the oh, Aubameyang's finished arguments because that's quite clearly not the case. Absolutely agree. Mm. Um, Rob, can we win the title? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think in... What, in, what, in, what is the ceiling 
for our season. I think in all seriousness, this is a really interesting conversation to have because mm. granted we have not played um, a big six side in a while, but we must mm. remember that you only play a big six side realistically big six sides that we should fear. We're talking about the top three. We're talking Chelsea, Liverpool, um, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City. Uh, you play those mm. sides six times a season. So as long as you're winning all the other games, you're still in a pretty good position. Um, yeah. And obviously you're not going to win every game, but we'll, we'll do our best. I think top four probably should be the target considering the Man United situation. I think Conte will take a little while to get his feet under the table at Spurs. Um, I think that is probably the ceiling. West Ham. Uh, well, yeah, of course. I think on West Ham, I, I do think Ogbonna's injury will hurt them a little bit. I know you said that they had good depth in that role, but they you know, they don't really have a like-for-like with the left footer. Uh, mm. But that's probably not quite so important. I think so the important. depth in general at West Ham will be an issue yeah, yeah. with Europe. They've never had to handle areas. that I think before. centre-back's one area they're covered, goalkeeper as well. Mm. I think in midfield they're very light, um, and up front they're very yeah, light. Yeah, I mean, so, if Antonio gets that, injured, I think that which will he does quite a bit. Yeah, I think that will eventually cost them. But yeah, I think. Um, well, and even so, um, you know, we're not a million miles off them. So if they maintain their form and we do, uh, it will it will be a dogfight. Um, but as long as Ole's at United, I think it's more than open. Uh, for us to go and attack that fourth place finish, and I, I, if that if that is not the sort of aim at Arsenal right now for this season, something's wrong. That has got to be the aim. Um, well, I personally think, and again, I'm drawing an Arsenal vision. Feels like they're the new arse cast. I allude <laughs> to them. I don't. I think we shouldn't like as fans. We can fantasize about oh yeah 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 like, we could fantasize about us winning the title it doesn't matter at all you know <laughs> we can, we can look forward we charge. can look oh if we get yeah if, <laughs> if we get these points here then we'll get top four blah 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 we we can say stuff like that yeah but i think at the club they've got to be taking it and i still don't think we should expect top four no 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 because... no way i'm saying you shoot for top four and if you fall in yeah. fifth fine i don't care but that, but that I think should sort at of the be club the... they they shouldn't target top four. I don't think they should be targeting specific games. No, just uh, go out and play. Sorry, go out I and think win. they should. Yeah, I think they should be looking at. It is That's what all the best teams do. Each individual mm. game, and you know, how can we win this game? I don't think they should be targeting top four. I think the moment you target top four, you sort of put that pressure on yourself. And I think. The, I just the, think that the the. The priority within the club should be to improve the way we're playing and the performances because we are on a long-term project. I just um, think it's they something that... shouldn't be too hung up on results at the club. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I just think it's something that the technical team and Arteta need to be aware of. Um, I mm. think that they should be like, yeah, that, that... Granted, we might not say out loud that that's what we're going for, but I think there needs to be an awareness that that is a position that could be up for grabs this season. Um, and yeah, don't don't target it. Don't be stupid and make this team think that they're better than they are. Um, but they are a very good team. Let, let, let's just put that out there. Um, I think it is a squad that if it can stay fit, it's capable of getting there based on what we've seen in recent weeks. Um, 
so yeah, why, why not? Why not dream as fans? But for the players, I think uh, you're right. Af, just let's keep winning these football matches. Um, and I'm, mm. for the first time in years, I'm looking forward to watching Arsenal play Liverpool in a few weeks because I don't. Well, Mikel Arteta teams don't get steamrolled. Uh, the start of the season was an anomaly in that regard. Um, mm. And yeah, we're playing competitive football right now. I'm I'd bring it on Liverpool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. And just on the expectations thing again, I, although although a lot of people disagreed, I expected us to, to be in the top six come the end of the season at the start of the season. Yeah. And even after the first three games, I still thought that was very plausible. Oh, yeah. And uh, I said it, and there's actually a video of me saying this after we <laughs> lost the first three games. I was like, we will finish in the top six. Yeah. Or I expect us to. Um, And my friends thought it was so outrageous that they filmed me saying that well, so uh, i will be releasing that when we come well alfie um, you, you you must remember that you and i did completely predict this upturn in form and how it was going to happen so um we, well, we are geniuses and i think everyone should yeah. listen to us to be honest yeah i think we should sell our services um as what, what are they called psychics oh yeah 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 um I think mm. Bet365 should hire us as well, just, you know, as some of those people who give out tips. I'm not a betting man, but I think I, I could mm. give out some tips. I could make some people some money. 100%. <laughs> this has been a good show. Yeah, it has. I've enjoyed it. Um, it's been good to have to not have the fucking yanks on the show. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I guess marketing opportunity of a lifetime, Rob. Plug um, yourself. Yeah, I'm going to plug that article that will probably be out. Yeah, it will be out by the time this podcast has been released. Uh, it's on Tierney and Tavares, and it is titled The Tavares and Tierney Dilemma, Who ben- Who who Bench Warms. Can't wait. Over to, to you. It. I can't wait to read. I'm going to plug Max Peace. Oh, great. Um, I can't even remember what it's about. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Let me check. Um, but I am going to read it after or tonight at some point, and I'm going to promote it before then. So when I say it's a great piece on Instagram, it may not be, because I may not have read it by that point. It may be absolutely <laughs> it shocking, could be rubbish. but we'll I say it's be great. Because, yeah, I don't want to deter people. <laughs> yeah. um, what is it? It is five hidden UCL gems who would fit Arsenal's blossoming project. It's a great piece. Um, go read it. Uh, and yeah, that basically brings it to a close as i mentioned at the start of the podcast we will hopefully be getting some interlog pods out so watch out for them um there'll probably be an ecp yeah uh, there'll probably be another arsenal cannon podcast next week so yeah watch out for them avid fans the guy who tweeted us um ashish uh Abhe warrior um james guard i think ashish was the one uh, who um the one who sent us the tweet he was, he actually Oh, was he? Yeah. Okay. Good old Ashish. Him. We and do love you, Ashish. Who, we do. We do. Everyone else who, who listens avidly. And only you and I um, are allowed I to... About 28 um, of you. Only you and I are allowed to say Ashish's name, Alfie, because... Um, oh, and Mac, because uh, Alfie, uh, Daniel isn't trusted to pronounce foreign names. No, he's not. <laughs> In case of being accused of... Uh, it's not xenophobia. Arsenal being cancelled. Uh, it's the Arsenal Cannon podcast yeah. being cancelled. <laughs> Exactly. Um, I just got an email from LinkedIn. Uh, it's been a it's been a pleasure. It's been a a roller coaster of emotions. Oh yeah. Um, it's been absolutely electric. <laughs> um, 
yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, share this podcast on whatever platform you use. Tell your friends about it. Um, you know all that stuff. Yeah, and we need a song actually. Um, fuck, we never planned this bit. I mean, it's a bit. It's not very PG, but I'm thinking just fuck you to other Watford fans. Or is that a song? Yeah, you know, fuck you. Fuck you, fuck you very much. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> By Lily Allen. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. And that's to Claudio Ranieri and the Watford players and the Watford fans if mm. they're angry because I do not have time for them. But it's good that we won yeah. the training ground right, derby. We'll go with that. Yeah, the training ground. The, the, the London Coney. Yeah. Derby, the, uh, the Cajonas derby as well. The Cajonas derby, yeah. The Troy D. AFTV are never going to drop um, that, are they? No, they're not. Thanks for listening. Uh, and yeah, we, we'll see you next, well, <laughs> some point this week or next week. I don't know. Yeah. And uh, dilly dong, dilly dong. <laughs> Goodbye. Look inside, look inside your tiny mind, then look a bit harder. Cause we're so uninspired, so sick and tired of all the hatred you harbor. So you say it's not okay to be gay. Well, I think you're just evil. You're just some racist who can't tie my laces. Your point of view is medieval. Get slew. No one wants your opinion.